Welcome to episode one of the Great Southern Brain Fart Interview Podcast. I am your host, Don, the Great Southern Brain Fart de Lamont. Thank you so much for joining us. This is episode one featuring Mike Blothar Bishop from Guar. As you all know, Mike Blothar Bishop took the place of our dearly departed Dave Odorous Urungus Brocky when he passed away and has since been Guar's main man and front man. This was a really fun interview. It was a different interview. I thought I was going to be interviewing Blothar, but as it turned out, I woke up Mike from a nap of some sorts and ended up talking with Mike Bishop. And to be totally honest, I actually thought it was really great. It was really cool to talk to Mike out of character and to hear some of his really honest, faithful, and true thoughts and feelings and opinions on Guar's past, present, and future. He talked very openly about his relationship with Dave. It was a great interview. It was a great time talking to him. And I think that this is a great way to kick things off. So without further ado, let's welcome Mike Blothar Bishop to the Great Southern Brain Fart Interview Podcast, Episode 1. You are actually the first guest on what's going to be my first podcast ever. So so how does that feel? Uh, feels great, you know. I hope that I can get things off to a roaring start that, you know, people don't fucking kill themselves out of boredom like they usually do with a podcast. Um, but I had to say, uh, congratulations on putting out uh, Blood of Gods. That was a fucking great record, man. You have to be proud of it, right? Yeah, we're, we're very pleased with the record, yes. No, I think we did exactly the record that we needed to make. So we're we're, we're happy with it. And, um, you know, we had help making it. Um, uh, the producer, Ronan Chris Murphy, help, helped a lot. And uh, better than most records that Clark made. It had to be that way. You didn't really have a choice. For being a longtime Guar fan, I have to say, listening to this album, one of the things I really loved the most was the fact that it was definitely kind of a, not a full-on throwback, but it definitely kind of harkened back to that old vibe of Guar, where it was a little more, I don't know, what's the word, like, just kind of like loose and fun, you know what I mean? Um, was that kind of like a purposely done thing, or did that just happen very naturally? Kind of both. I mean, we really had to do something different than what the band would do with Dave because, you know, I mean, Dave was not there anymore. Right. You know, so we had to make a record that uh, didn't try to sort of replicate what, the you know, the, the band had been doing over the past several records, which was basically like, you know, thrash metal with a weird singer. <laughs> doing funny lyrics, you know, funny stuff. Right. It needed to be something different. And uh, so we went in with the idea that we were going to do something different. And I think, you know, the word that you might be looking for, too, is it's loose and it's funny, but it's also very ensemble oriented. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's a group of people making a funny, you know, making a funny record. And, and uh, there's a lot of input on the record from a lot of other sources. Mm -hmm. So in that sense, like, uh, kind of the answer, that part happened very naturally. Like, you know, while it was very deliberate trying to do something that sounded different and that wasn't a death uh, or a speed metal, a thrash metal record, um, you know, in so doing, like, we kind of just went, it, it wound up 
move back to the way that we did records before we the band started thrash metal records. You know? Right. More of a group effort. And, uh, and that was true, you know, really up until maybe Violence had arrived. Carnival of Chaos is a great example. You know, it's like a record with a lot of different people singing, a lot of different people writing, a lot of different people. Um, right. Uh, being involved in the and making the record that that's kind of the throwback element i think well yeah because it also kind of goes back to the old guar philosophy too right of the whole like kind of being an artist commune of sorts you know where everybody yeah. kind of threw their thing you know shit in the pot so to speak and then just stirred it yeah. up and saw what happened you know Obviously, there's going to be Guar fans out there, and I'm sure there still are, that are going to have shit to say about this not being an odorous album. How has that affected you at all, if at all? And um, how do you guys roll with that? There's really nothing we can do about it. You know, it's like there's uh, if people want, I really kind of think that like those folks are they're fans of of Dave Brocky. They're fans of Odorous. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know that they're fans of Guar. They're, they're, I hate to say it that way, but that's really kind of how it plays out, man. There, there isn't very much that we could do about it. You know, like Davis, the guy died. Right. <laughs> yeah. So either we're going to keep putting out records and keep trying and do stuff or we're not. And, uh, you know, we decided to keep going. Um, and I think that, that, you know, we did our part. We delivered a record that that demonstrates what we knew all along, which is that, I mean, I don't think people understood how Guar worked. Right. They they thought that, you know, because because Odorous was the center of attention, they thought that he was the one who was producing everything. He was the one who was writing everything. He was the one who was building everything and coming up with all the ideas. And that's just... It was never true. So, um, as far as that criticism goes, I don't know. I mean, like, like I said, I mean, I, I, we just don't pay attention to it. It's because there's nothing. I mean, I, we, you know, it, there isn't a single person who wouldn't rather have this be different, including myself. Like, you know, there, there isn't anybody who's like stoked that. Odorous is gone. <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. Obviously, that they would be, everybody would be happier, you know, myself included, if he were, if he were back. I mean, if I were going to be in this band again, I would always picture myself as the character that I built and created and playing bass guitar. You know? Right. But like, so there isn't, you know, so so it, we're nobody's thrilled about about the fact that the guy's gone in the band. Uh, so it, and it's weird though. Like you know, people. I think people are just fucking stupid. Honestly, I mean, I know they're stupid. Like <laughs> the fact that we have the, the president is the indication enough that they're stupid. But like you know, the, you know, they they. I don't know. I'll just leave it at that. Well, you know, but to kind of echo what you were talking about, like, it, it's funny because I interviewed uh, Dennis Dunaway uh, last year, uh, you know, from the original Alice Cooper group, and he said something, you know, similar to what you were saying, you know, is that, like, you know, when you have an iconic 
lead singer and front person that kind of pulls all the attention. Everyone kind of looks to that person and assumes, okay, you are everything that's going on. But they don't realize that there's like four other guys <laughs> that are, you know, yeah. that, that, that are a strong part and a strong creative force of what they're seeing. And so yeah. to kind of rule everybody else out is so unfair. And I do agree with what you said. I, I you know, from, like I said, I've been a Guar fan since 1990. So I'm a Guar fan. I loved Dave and obviously I, I'm sad he's gone, but I'm, I'm a Guar fan. You know, so to see you guys yeah. carrying on was huge for me, you know, and so that's why I was curious to hear from you about what other people thought like that. I mean, I actually, I think that's right. That like, you know, that, yeah, that, that there are people who, um, I don't know. I mean, it, it, what's more surprising to me are people who fetishize Corey, <laughs> so that you get these people who are like, well, yeah, it's, you know, I mean, without Corey and Dave, it's not Guar. That's just, the, that's the fucking stupidest thing that I've ever heard in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, because, I mean, frankly, I mean, I'll, I, I think that Guar never got further away from what it was supposed to be than it was with Corey writing the songs. And I mean, that doesn't mean that he didn't make, he wasn't a great musician. He was, absolutely. Right. But like, you know, but, but Guar started, you know, under his tutelage, the band started adhering to, to the strictures of genre rather than stretching those strictures and trying to do something new that was different. Um, and, uh, you know, to me, that's, that's not what, that's not how I thought the band should be ever. Uh-huh. Um, and, and the, and for people to kind of, uh, I mean, I thought it was it was cool. Like what, like like what they came up with was great. That guy wrote really inspired sounding metal. There's no question about it. Right. Um, but like you know, but what what wound up happening was that, I mean, to me anyway, it's just it's just really odd. Even even people saying that just about Dave, like, and 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 most of the time, those same people like their criticism would be that this record is not metal, man. It's not a metal record. It's not a metal record mm-hmm. which is a fucking it's just stupid it's just patently fucking stupid but A because it is a metal record but B because like why do you expect Guar always to spit out something that is immediately recognizable as metal and that you say to yourself oh you know yeah this sounds like everything else but it's a little different because you have a cool singer making funny lyrics and you know it's like it's, it's just not to me that's not what Guar was or what it should be mm-hmm. you know and that's why this record sounds more like America Must Be Destroyed or more like Scum Dogs or more like This Toilet Earth because it's you know the band sort of stretching genre and, and really drawing in on its drawing on its influences from from Richmond, Virginia, and it's and it's life as a punk band, and mm-hmm. you know all that stuff. Like, and to me, the, the, the Guar. I mean, you, that's the other thing people don't understand because they have a limited view of what the band is. They don't understand that, you know, the first, the first year 
of Guar shows that I saw, so which is like the first four shows that I saw before I was in the band. Mm-hmm. Dave wasn't the singer. Right, right. <laughs> he yes. Like, yes. You know, he, he was, there was another singer, and there were two other singers, you know, and one was really good. I mean, one was the guy who, to me, was the voice of Guar, no question. Like, you know, I mean, the idea that Dave would sing was really just, oh, okay, so this is going to be Death Piggy with costumes on. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not cool. That's not, that doesn't seem near. And you can pick up on that anxiety, like Rocky's anxiety over whether or not he was going to be the singer. If you read that, that extended thing that he wrote, I can't even remember what it was called, but it's still online. You can find it. It's, oh, the onrushing grip of death. Yes, yes, uh, which I is remember that. like, yeah, yeah. In typical Rocky fashion, knowing that Bobby, Bob Gorman was writing the book, Rocky decided, oh, I'm going to write this parallel thing that tells kind of my story to it, you know, like, um, and and it's good. It's really good. It's in, it's entertaining writing because Rocky is a good, uh, you know, he's a funny guy. But um, in it, you, you really pick up on that anxiety that, like, that he wasn't sure you know that that he should be the guy moving forward. You know that was that was standing in front of the band. Like, right. Uh, he, he had a lot of ideas for it, um, but you know, Joe Anaruma had a a funny. You know, I mean, like what you got was something a lot different. There was a, a lot. It's a lot different, and the only way people can come close to knowing that that aren't from Richmond, Virginia, and saw those shows is. Mm-hmm. listening to the Let There Be Guar record and then listening to Hello. Right. Like, I mean, and, you know, I mean, Hello is a funny record. It's got a lot of good stuff on it, but it was also a real fucking disappointment. I mean, like, having recorded that record and sitting back and listen to, listening to it, I remember thinking to myself, wow, this really fucking sucks. Like, this isn't good, you know? And and and, uh, and there wasn't very much I could do about it. I mean, I was 18 years old, so, uh, you know, it wasn't me that sucked. You know, I, I did what I was supposed to do. <laughs> <But> like, <laughs> you played bass. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes. yeah Which is interesting that you say that, though, because sucked. that album, you know, was like my first introduction to Guar. And I just remember thinking, like, this is bad. This is, like, not really yeah. very good. But then all of a sudden I heard Scumdogs, and I was like, is this even the same band? <laughs> And, you know, so, yeah. like, yeah. it really, like, in my mind, when I think of the progression of Gore, like, I think, hello, scumdogs, America must be destroyed. And to me, this Toilet Earth was, like, you know, I mean, aside, as much as I love this one, to be honest, like, it's my favorite one. This is my favorite one since that album, which, to me, yeah. and, I, and I know I'll get a lot of shit for this, but was the last great Gore record, you know? was that one because i felt like that was that was a metal record that was like experimental there was all kinds of cool different things going on with it and to be honest with you in the fold now i feel like you're more of a metal singer now in guar than dave was for like probably the past 15 years or so because you know again as big of a fan as i am i'm not gonna not say this, but I always felt like Dave kind of phoned it in vocally, especially live, where it wasn't that enjoyable for me to hear a lot of the songs live, you know? 
Yeah. Oh no, he definitely did. I mean, you don't have to. You don't have to argue that. All you have to do is pull it up on YouTube, and, and it's apparent. I mean, right. the, the, even people that idolize Rocky understand that there there are some songs that I can't even try to do because they were done so well um, and that, that I wouldn't want to fuck with them. Uh-huh. Uh, and, you know, like, I mean, to me, the, the, la- the record where Rocky was like maybe at his peak in Guar, so, so where he's actually using like what he had uh-huh. as a singer, which is, you know, I, I mean, it, 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 he had a bag of tricks. He had a, a, a natural instrument, right? Uh-huh. He had a, a, a baritone, which is an extremely valuable range to have as a rock singer. I don't have it. I don't have it. I have to work right. hard to do what I do. And, uh-huh. uh, you know, so he had that natural sort of, you know, Iggy Pop, Elvis, Danzig, baritone, right? Like it's right. a low voice. Um, and then, like, on top of that, you know, he had a, a, just a, a very loose and, and crazy, erratic kind of style. But where where he kind of reaches his peak, I think, it is Carnival of Chaos. Uh-huh. The, like, like that's the record. And, and I wasn't in the band anymore. Like, I had left. But, like, that's when you hear Dave doing Odorous as well as I think it could have been done. Um and uh, and writing great songs too, like that song "Interfere," which is really good, and um, and other tunes on that record. But uh, that went away really after that record. Like you can hear this kind of downward slide in uh, the, the you know. I mean, I don't know. Things just got different. And uh, I mean, there there are things that, like you said, I mean, this sort of live performance element, um, for whatever reason, um, Dave was, like you said, I don't think he was doing as as well as he could have done in these live performances. Um, vocally, one of the reasons that the record is different is that there is more room in in the vocals for the music and the vocals don't take they don't take from the music the kind of like like they don't sit on top of it they are inside of it even in the mix right it's Mm -hmm. like and 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 that's very important you know in in allowing the music to have the focus and really i mean that's always the way that i've done songs it's always the way i've written songs all the songs that i wrote for guar that i wrote the vocals for um were like that um and all of the songs that i ever did with any other band were like that um you know but brocky tended to he had a lot to say and he added a lot of words and um you know there's definitely songs that the band wrote that were that had a lot of fucking potential that you know once they went through that machine they became something else it's like okay well now this is no longer sort of a great kind of you know melodic hard rock song now it's a funny song with that's hard rock with a lot of words that are really funny on it you know right like and that's different than like being interested in hooks and leaving room for 
a record for music to breathe and all of that stuff you know it's, it's a different kind of focus Oh yeah, like I think one of the best examples of that is like what you're t- uh, like even as you're talking like the first song that came to my head was Gorgor, you know, where like that song had so much musical dynamic to it that mm-hmm. I, I just like even now I just remember I, I can just see like myself remember thinking like I wish they would tap more into that. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. there was so much, like to me, that was, and, and like you said, like as as funny as the song was, and as kind of fun as it was, like there was some serious play in that song. You know, where I was like, wow, mm-hmm. like if anyone ever doubted that Guar could play, that was the song to me that I was like, they understand dynamic. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then. Unfortunately, it, it, it you know, and, and then we got some of that again on this toilet earth. But like you said, it kind of just dissipated and went away. And I would have loved to have seen more of that. So, like, with you back in the band, are you going to try this to bring some of that back again? Because I mean, I, I heard it on I mean, this album a good bit. It's not. It's not trying. It's just mm-hmm. like it's just that's how I do music, and right. so it it's just going to be that way. Like, I mean, and it's not. Uh, you know, it, it's just different than than what it has been. I mean, and, and it's not a coincidence. You know, it's uh-huh. like I mean, it's just like if I'm going to be a central writer, then it's just it just that's what it's going to sound like. I mean, it's like you know, it's, uh, there's nothing I can do about it. It's just how it's just what I do. You know, is 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 different than what Dave did, and so. Um, and and you know when when both of us were in the band at the same time, um, you know it, it was the same way. I mean, I, I had a lot of frustration actually when I was in the band, and like I don't know, like go listen to Litany of the Slain, right? Like mm-hmm. listen to that's a Guar song. I, I know a lot about Guar with me in it and with me not in it, um, and I've. Uh, because it was my job, you know, when I was tapped to do this to figure out what was going on, and and, and I listened a lot, and I'm mm-hmm. a trained musicologist, so like, you know, I, I made some observations that I think are are, are right about Guar, um, and uh, the the band I think had the the vocals were in a way. Here, here's the thing. Um, if you have a band, if you have Slayer, uh-huh. right, and they're and they're and they're playing, uh, you know, Rain and Blood, right, right. But Rain and Blood was, but Rain and Blood was called Purple People Eater, right. <laughs> then, like, people would react to it as if, well, this band's a joke, right. This band's a joke, you know, and and like. That's kind of the dilemma that Guar had in a lot of ways, and and always has had. And I would actually like to fix that. Mm-hmm. And and um, you know, and, and at least to some degree, I would like to fix that. Um, I would like for people to listen to it and think of it as, uh, you know, this is really good fucking rock and roll. I'm not saying that it has to be serious and that has to be like Slayer, um, but like. I think that that's why the band has been dismissible in some ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, 
and, and the guys who are the musicians in this band don't deserve that. Uh, they didn't deserve it at, at any point. At no point has, has this, no matter what the lineup has been, it's always been a, a top-notch group of musicians working at the, the peak of their ability. And oh, people haven't noticed it. And they haven't recognized it. So, like, you know, I mean, there's that. And then there's, like, uh, you know, so, I mean, that, that's that's one example that I would use. Like, mm-hmm. uh, But then, you know, I mean, besides that, there's also the idea that, you know, you can be, I mean, a lot of the songs that I wrote before were funny and were really gross for Guar. Um, um, but they also all had something else in common, though, which is that they were all kind of the, the songs that had some kind of sort of, they had a lot of melodic hooks in them. Right. You know, Rock and Roll, rock and roll Never Felt So Good. That's a song that I wrote the, the vocals for. Mm-hmm. Um, the Road Behind, you know, like. Right. Uh, so, like, I mean, those kind of, those tunes had that sort of drive that, uh, you know, the, there was a vocal drive to them. Um, and, and so, I mean, I think that like the shit that we're doing now, it's, it's just going to naturally be that way. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and then there's some different writers in the band as well. I mean, you've got, uh, Pustulus is writing, he writes a lot of, good metal that I think is in, in a lot of ways more interesting, like a kind of kind of metal than um, and certainly more developed, more uh, cleaner sounding uh, more developed metal sound uh-huh. um, than, than what the band had even on like a record like Beyond Hell. Right. Um, yeah, so there's, there's a lot of different things adding to that mix. Yeah, because you know, one of the things I always uh, I, I, I've been so fascinated with the fact that you know you're a musicologist and i watched some interviews i even watched your ted talk which i thought was fucking great you know but like one of the things that i that i always loved about guar too was the and not to not to use the alice cooper thing but uh, but the reason why i use the alice cooper thing is because as far as a comparison is because what i always loved about alice cooper was that he had this way of diving into like political and social commentary with kind of like you know a little cheeky edge to it do you know what i mean to make it kind of you know funny and entertaining but yet there was some seriousness to it and there was a lot of that in guar that just happened to be so scattered through Guar, you know what I mean? It wasn't like a lot of it all at one time. Um, is that kind of what you're 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 hoping to bring more of into Guar? Is to have that kind of not not so much overly serious, but like not so overly outrageous. Um, I don't know. I mean, that sounds a little. That doesn't sound exactly right. It's like I mean, I just want to leave more room in the music. Mm-hmm. with the words so that like people focus on the music I mean because it's not mysterious it's like why do people think that this band is a joke well it's because you've got hilarious lyrics that just kind of lay on top of everything and like and don't leave any room 
for the music to come through. Mm. And, you know, so I wanted to do that differently, that one specific thing. Oh, okay, I see what you're saying, right. Yeah, Yeah. as far as as the content goes, like, you know, trying to find, I mean, you, you are hinting at something that is true, which is that, like, when Guar is working at its best, it's both hilarious, like, oh, wow, that's funny. And it's also um, terrifying. Like, like there's something about it that's like, that's extremely disturbing. Oh, and, absolutely. And, upsetting. and and so like, you know, to get those two things at the same time, um, that's sort of the aesthetic that I'm going for. You know, it's, it's a, and, and it's just because that's what I liked best about Guar always was like, well, yeah, it's really funny, but the music is really good, and there and there's kind of this element to it that's not funny at all. It's very serious social critique, and like, right. you know, and I do think, and I am proud of the fact that, like, you know, I mean, long before, like, like with or without me, this band has mounted a very serious critique of modern culture, and it's done that all along, and, and it, you know, when it stops doing that, and it becomes something more like, you know, if it, like like it can't be a serious band, you know, like right. I mean, it shouldn't be, it shouldn't be, it should always be what it is, like you know, which is different and challenging and uh, you know, interesting, but but definitely not, uh, you know, serious like Slayer or serious like like any kind of fucking black metal. I mean, like you know, I mean. I love the sound of black metal. I love the way it sounds. I, I can't stand the this air of, and that's actually something that's cropped back up all over metal that Guar needs to fucking smack down. You know, which is this the idea of taking yourself seriously. Like, oh, absolutely. It's just fucking stupid, and and I mean the it's the worst well that's so. why I thought it was so funny was when you were talking about Slayer like I I, I I was refraining from interjecting but I was like you know like if you really step back and you listen to people like Slayer or even or even like going to black metal like Watine you know and stuff like that like those lyrics are like borderline hilarious because they're, tr- yeah, they're, they're they're like so serious but like at the same time it's just like you know it's kind of like laughing at your dad who's telling a serious story and you're like you sound yeah, yeah, so yeah. stupid <laughs> you know what i mean right like, yeah, they're like, serious but they're stupid right where i'm just like just be yeah. stupid <laughs> you yeah. know what i mean it's just like like just be stupid and let me laugh at you but don't try to you know you know it's like i always wonder like when people listen to these things i'm like do people buy into that <laughs> you know what i mean like it's like you know yeah yeah it's a good question. <laughs> it really is. I'm not sure what the answer is. <laughs> well, I only have a few more topics, but uh, but uh, one of the things I wanted to bring up was you, you obviously brought up um, our president earlier. Um, well, I, I hate to call him our president because I hate him. But anyway, how how is Guar faring these days in Trump Nation? Uh, you know, I mean... Guar is doing just fine. You know, mm-hmm. Trump comes on stage every night and we rip his guts out and <laughs> smack him around. But, you know, I mean, it's funny because people, everybody thought, well, you know, man, yeah, now punk rock will take off again because they finally got somebody to react against, you know, like, 
but I mean, it, it, that's not happening because I, I don't know. I, I don't think in a world where punk rock mattered, Trump would be president anyway. And I mean, it's just you know, it's just a fucking sad state of affairs. So mm-hmm. the people, you know, like Guar, of course, like just sort of takes advantage of it and looks at it like you know creating an opportunity for them to for the band to step into the void and 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 like assume leadership you know or you know but but trump is in a lot of ways like the greatest war candidate you know it's like that's what war would probably do if if we were president you know it's like like do the most like insane shit yeah yeah, just be bored and and do everything radically different than what has been done before, and just flouting tradition, like makeup words. Then, you know, the, the, yeah. But the, the thing is that that he does that's so brilliant is that he somehow makes everybody think that all of this destruction of of, of tradition that it's all actually bringing things back to what they used to be, and I don't know how he does that sleight of hand like it's he just convinces the people that follow him that you know he's a conservative force rather than a destructive force and you know they they can't see that and it's very impressive i mean you know war has never seen the day that it was as surreal and as uh as manipulative as 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 trump <laughs> it's like never have you seen a time where Guar would be so close to actually being president. You know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Sure. <laughs> because it's so funny because it's like, you know, like of course everybody's just like watching this shit unfold and everyone's questions are like, is this really fucking happening? Like at what point is like, you know, someone gonna come out and they go, Ha, huh, I got you you know what I mean? Like it's like it's not yeah. happening. It's like this is for yeah. real, you know? Yeah, he's a Guar president. <laughs> he's a Guar president. He absolutely is. Well, so you guys are about to wrap up this tour. That it was a big success, obviously. Um, what what are you looking to do now? Are you gonna take some time off, do another do another swing in 2018, or like what's? Yeah, we're gonna wrap this tour up. Probably, I don't know. I think that in fall, we have some more regional stuff after this, going to Australia. But I think we'd like, you know, after that, it's definitely going to be... Uh, we'd like to try to go to Europe. You know, we've talked about that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I don't know if that's going to happen. I know that we're we're going to... We're trying to make it happen. You know, in, in fall of next year, we're going to do another tour. Um, and we'll, hopefully by that time, we'll have a, a record that's in the works and would, would come out the next year after that. So... Mm-hmm. That's what we're doing. And what about the future of the uh, Guarbecue? Do, uh, do we see another one of those happening maybe this summer, or has it been kind of put to rest for a while? It's kind of been put to rest. If it does happen this summer, then it'll be a very scaled-back um, event. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, we're not going to try to get a bunch of bands that, you know, cost a lot of money to play it. I mean, it's a... Right. You know, it'd have to be a... a a, a better focused event that um, I mean we were just kind of the, the cost of talent for that thing was going up way too much we're, we're not making any money <laughs> losing money so there's no reason to do it oh yeah yeah but, um, and then it stops being fun once it starts to become mm-hmm. overly business you know right yeah yeah definitely 
so we might like try to you know scale it back and make it easier yeah, but we'll see well, that's great, man. Well, 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 Mike, I really appreciate you taking the time to do this today, man. It's um, I, I enjoyed our interview the last time you were in Atlanta, and um, I'm sorry I missed the show here in Atlanta. I was sick, but um, I'm glad you took the time to talk, and I, I, I always enjoy it, and I look forward to doing it again sometime. Yeah, man. Thank you. No problem. All right, man. Well, look, have a good rest of the tour, and good luck out there, and thanks again. Thank you. All right.